to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to episode 53 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today I'm going to share five things I think musicians need to be including in their strength training workouts. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you know I've spoken extensively about the importance of exercise in general and strength training in particular for our musicians. Today, I want to get a little bit more tactical and share some specific things that I think you should include in your workouts to get the best results. Now, I also want to say right off the bat that when I talk about strength training for musicians, if you have a specific goal, like you're competing in a powerlifting meet or you're doing some type of endurance event, your training will need to cater a little more to that event. But a lot of the musicians that I work with, probably a majority, just want to feel better. They want less aches and pains. They want more strength. They want more energy and stamina in their daily life. And that includes when they're making music or performing and also when they're just doing other shit that they like. And so that's where I'm coming from. Again, if you're training for some type of a specific event or you have a specific goal, be sure that your training matches that goal. Now, the first thing that I think a lot of musicians neglect in their training is training legs. Now, I understand this to a point because nearly all musicians are sitting some or all of the time as they're performing or they're just standing in place and you're not like going for a run to perform your job or something like that. And so I understand why you might think, okay, I, I sure I get that I need to train my upper body so that I can support my instrument, support my posture as I'm playing and working and whatever, but I can kind of neglect my legs because I don't really use them. And I honestly think this is one of the biggest mistakes that musicians make at the gym. First of all, your entire body is connected. So despite what you might read in muscle magazines or see on social media, it's not really possible to isolate and remove one part of the body from the other. They're all connected in a lot of different ways. So if your legs are weak, your upper body strength, your posture, your endurance, your ability to produce and use energy, all of that's going to suffer. You need strong legs in order to be strong overall, in order to be healthy and fit overall. Your legs are also like literally your base of support and your connection with the world. So we want to be strong. We want to be stable. We want to be able to absorb force and get in and out of different positions. If we can't do that, we might be at a greater risk of injury, whether that's injury at the gym or you slip and fall on an icy sidewalk and you're not able to absorb that force, whether that's just chronic issues that develop over time because joints aren't strong enough to handle activities of daily life. We want to set ourselves up to have a strong base of support and a strong foundation. So even if you don't directly use your legs or even if you sit much of the day, and in fact, especially if you sit much of the day, you definitely need to make 
training legs an important part of your weekly exercise routine. Now, another issue that's actually not unique to musicians when it comes to leg training is that a lot of people don't like training legs because it can be kind of hard or really hard. I totally get this. So if you are worried about being sore, you're worried about being excessively fatigued, you can absolutely reduce your leg training to like one workout a week, or you could do one or two exercises at a couple workouts a week. I don't think that you need to do these bodybuilding style leg workouts where you do like every leg machine at the gym and you squat and you lunge. Like, of course, you're going to feel like shit if you obliterate your legs with that much volume. You can always do a little bit less You can always spread it out more over the week. Some people will do better with one leg workout. Some people will do better doing just a little bit of legs and multiple workouts. You don't have to go super heavy. You don't have to do like crazy drop sets or training techniques, but you definitely want to be training your legs. You want to be getting stronger through your lower body and you want to make sure that you're using all of your lower body joints. And I'm actually going to talk more about joints at the end of the episode. So what should your lower body training include? We want to do some type of squat movement, so a movement where you're more vertical, where your torso is in line with your shins, essentially, so all different types of squatting variations could work here. We want to do some type of a hip hinge, which is more of like your torso is parallel to the floor as your shins stay more vertical, so deadlifts, RDLs, good mornings, those types of movements. Uh, We also want to do some single leg training. For a lot of people, single leg training is actually going to feel a little bit better on their joints than bilateral two-leg training. This is especially true if you have low back issues. If you find that you struggle to squat or deadlift and your back bothers you, a lot of times doing lunges or single-leg deadlifts is a perfect solution that works really well. So we definitely want to do, like I said, lunges, split squats, step-ups, and even though they're technically a hinge, I'll also throw single-leg deadlift and staggered stance type deadlift movements in there as well. And then if you want to do more, you could certainly do leg curls. You could do glute-focused or calf-focused exercises. But if every week you're doing some type of a squat, some type of a hinge, and some type of a lunge or single leg movement, you're going to be doing pretty well, and you're definitely going to be building stronger or at least maintaining the strength and muscle in your legs. So again, just because you sit or you work in front of a computer making music or you sit to play your instrument don't think that you can neglect training your legs. If your legs are weak, you're going to be more prone to issues down the road and you're not going to get the most out of your training overall. It's going to affect your posture, it's going to affect your endurance, and it will affect your upper body strength as well. So don't neglect your legs. (laughs) Don't skip leg day. The second thing that I think all musicians need to include in their training is some type of upper back and rear delt work. So your delts are your shoulders. There's more or less three parts to the delts. There's a front part, a side part, and a back part. The back part is really important for posture, as are the other smaller muscles in your upper back. Now, pretty much all musicians, with the exception of like, well, actually, I can't really think of an exception. Pretty much all musicians could benefit from having a stronger upper back. So if you are like me and you play an instrument that you hold in front of your body, which is most instrumental musicians, your upper back muscles need to be strong in order to prevent you from rounding forward and kind of collapsing through your upper body. A lot of times musicians will get shoulder pain because their pecs and the front part of their shoulders are really tight and overactive just from, again, slouching, from holding their instrument. And then those muscles in the upper back and the back of their shoulders are weak and they're not able to pull them into a better position and then layer many hours of practice and performance and you have a recipe for shoulder pain. Even if you are like a pianist 
or a percussion player or if you're like an electronic music uh, musician who you know produces in front of a computer or DJs or performs live a lot of times it's easy to end up in that kind of slouch posture where you're hunched forward your head is forward your shoulders are rounded in and even if you're not holding an instrument that position can lead to discomfort and actually it can affect your ability to perform well. So what types of exercises will help you with this? Some of my favorites include face pulls. So face pulls are an exercise where you're standing upright, you're basically leaning back a little bit, your arms are out in front of you and then you're doing a high pull. So it's not a row, a row would be where your elbows end up down by your ribs. A face pull, as the name suggests, has the hands pulling more towards the head and you're driving the elbows back behind you. So you're targeting more of that upper back musculature versus the lats and the mid back. Face pulls can be performed with a cable machine, they can be performed on a TRX, they can be performed with a band. So no matter where you're training, even if you're just at home, if you buy one of those like $10 band door anchors, you can do face pulls. All you need is a band. So they're pretty versatile. They can be performed for high reps. They can be performed with lower reps going pretty heavy. They're a staple in all of the programs that I write for my musician clients. Other good exercises would be face pulls. Uh, Not face pulls. Oh my God, I just said that. So band pull-aparts. So again, you would need a band standing straight with your arms extended out in front of you, pulling the band apart with straight arms to a low position on your chest. Any type of rear delt focused exercise, some of them require machines. So for example, if you have a reverse pec deck machine at your gym where you're sitting and you're pushing your arms out to the side, pushing weight behind you. If you have access to dumbbells, you could do exercises like rear delt flies, which is where you're holding a hip hinge position and you're flying your arms out to the side. You could do a similar exercise with less demand on the legs where you're lying face down on an incline bench and flying out to the side. You can sit on the edge of the bench and perform a similar exercise. There are lots of different variations, but I would strongly encourage you to include at least one of these exercises in all of your strength training workouts. Things like band pull-aparts are great because you can perform them in a warm-up. You can perform them during the day if you're just trying to break up periods of sitting. All you need is a band and it's not super high intensity, so it won't take a huge toll on you. The third thing that I think all musicians need to include, which is related to the previous point, is core training. So a lot of musicians think a lot about posture, which makes sense, especially if you are a vocalist or you are a wind instrument, you know, you literally need an open trunk cavity in order to breathe and in order to send air through your instrument or through your vocal cords. But even if you play something like the violin, uh, your posture is incredibly important in order to keep your joints in a good position and allow you to get in the positions that you need to in order to perform. And upper back is really important for posture. As I mentioned, it keeps you from like rounding and folding forward through your shoulders. The core is also incredibly important for posture. Your core helps you stay upright. And a strong core is able to minimize unwanted movement through your trunk and torso while you're moving your arms and legs. And this is really the kind of core strength that musicians are talking about when they come and they say, oh, I want to improve my posture or I want more core strength. It's not the ability to do really heavy sit-ups or do a million crunches. That stuff can have a place in people's training, but that is not going to translate to your musical performance the way building a core that resists movement well will. And again, this is true if you are seated or if you're standing. 
if you perform for really long periods of time, especially if you're like, I, like I think of myself going to DJ sets that last like, you know, four or five, six hours, like that's a long time to be standing kind of leaning forward. You want core muscles that will support you throughout that performance. If your core is weak, other muscles are going to kick in to keep you upright and that might lead to fatigue. It might lead to pain and we want to avoid that. So the type of core training that I'm talking about is something called anti-movement core training. And I just want to say again, I'm not saying that there's no place for sit-ups and crunches. I think that there is a place in some people's training for that. But if you're a musician who wants a core that's going to support you as you perform in practice, you need to be resisting movement through your core. So you can resist extension. Extension is where you're arching your low back. You can resist flexion. Flexion is where you're rounding your low back. You can resist rotation. So we're talking rotating side to side, again, through your spine. You can also resist lateral flexion, which would be bending to the side. Now, there are all different types of core exercises that target these things. Some of my favorites would be dead bugs, planks and side planks, anti-rotation presses. And if you are able to do them, different types of loaded carries, for example, a suitcase carry where you're holding a weight in one arm is a good way to resist lateral flexion bending from side to side. You can also do exercises like chops and lifts where you are rotating through your upper back and resisting rotation and extension and lateral flexion and all that other other good stuff through your hips and low back. So make these types of movements the centerpiece of your core training. And then if you want to do other stuff, you can throw it in there. But just know that this is the type of core training that's going to help you the most as a musician. You're resisting movement through your trunk. So uh, almost always through your lower back, often also through your hips and glutes or even your upper back, depending on the movement. And then you're moving your arms and or your legs. The next thing that I think musicians really need to include in their workouts is getting into different body positions in different planes of motion. So one reason why fitness is important for everybody is that we have, let's say, like a big menu of options of movement as humans. So before you're a musician, you're a human. And human bodies are designed to move in lots of different ways. And we want to maintain our ability to move in as many different ways as possible. And what happens in the modern world is that we sort of have our chosen career path and our hobbies and maybe the way we like to exercise and we just get locked into one set of movements. And over time, we lose the ability to move in different ways. And this can have repercussions for our ability to try new things on the lighter end and on the more serious end, it can contribute to overuse injuries and pain and some of the issues that often plague musicians. So when we're in the gym, we don't just want to reinforce the positions that we are in when we're playing our instrument or making music. We also want to expose our body to all of the other things that we don't get when we are doing our job or pursuing our passion. So as I mentioned a few times, most musicians either sit or stand. And it's pretty uncommon for us to be in other positions as we're doing our work. So when you're in the gym, I don't want you to come and just sit for every exercise. This is really easy to do if you are using a lot of machines because most machines have you just sitting on a chair. And I understand that this is a good way to start. If you're intimidated, it might be your only option if you're dealing with injuries. But if you're a relatively healthy person, I don't think that you should just sit all day playing your instrument or making music or working and then come to the gym and also sit as you do your exercises. 
first option would be for you to do more standing things. So if there's a way to do an exercise standing instead of sitting, that would be a good option. An even better option, and this is something that I do all the time with my musician clients, is to include more kneeling positions. So there are two different kneeling positions that we use. One is called tall kneeling. Tall kneeling is both knees on the ground. So your hips are fully extended, which means your butt's not sticking back behind you. There's a straight line running through your knees, hips, and shoulders, and you've got your toes dug into the floor behind you. That is tall kneeling. We also have half kneeling, which is basically the bottom of a lunge. So with half kneeling, one knee is down on the pad with your knee beneath your hip, and your toes dug into the floor behind you. And then the other foot is out in front of you, so your front knee forms a 90 degree angle. Half kneeling is really great because we have one hip in a flexed bent position and the other hip in an extended position. And it can be a great way to increase hip strength, core strength, and mobility. There are a lot of ways you can use these kneeling positions. My favorite are with upper body exercises and core exercises. So A lot of upper body exercises can be performed in half or tall kneeling. So overhead pressing, pressing with a landmine, doing row variations, especially like cable rows, put those exercises in kneeling. So you're not just standing and not just sitting in the same positions that you are always in. Core exercises also. So things like payoff press, which is an anti-rotation press, um, chops and lifts, all of these cable-based movements that are for core can be done in different body positions. And, and as an aside, anything that can be done on a cable can be done on a band as well. So if you're training at home and you have some type of a sturdy anchor to secure a band, whether you have like a treadmill or a peloton that you can loop a band to, or you have a door anchor, like I mentioned earlier, you can use those anchors to perform movements that you would do on a cable, such as a cable row or a cable face pull or a cable anti-rotation press. So less sitting at the gym, especially if you sit all day to play your instrument, more standing and even more kneeling and half kneeling positions where it makes sense to do so. The other part of this is that we want to train in other planes of motion. So I'll give you a quick primer on this. A plane of motion is basically like what direction am I moving? So when we're out in the real world living life, movement happens in, it's chaos, right? Movement happens in lots of different directions. But when we go to the gym, the vast majority of traditional gym exercises occur in what's called the sagittal plane, which is basically just forward-backward movement or up and down you can think of. So like a push-up is a sagittal plane movement, a squat, a lunge, a leg curl, a row. All of these things happen forward and backward. But we also need to move side to side. This is called the frontal plane, but you can just think of it as moving side to side. So if you don't train in the frontal plane and you're out in the real world and all of a sudden you have to move sideways really quickly or you have to do some sort of a heavy move in a sideways position, your body's not adequately prepared for that. The other plane is called the transverse plane, which is basically just rotation. And there's tons of rotational movements in the real world, especially if you play any type of sports like rec leagues or you have meetups with friends or something like a lot of sports are driven by rotational movement, maybe even all of them. But I would have to think about that. (laughs) At least all of the like traditional mainstream sports have a lot of rotational movement. So what does this mean for you? It means that When you first come in the gym and you're brand new to strength training, yes, you should do a lot of forward, backward movements. You should get strong with that stuff. But if you're a more experienced lifter, you've been training for a while, 
it's absolutely time to start including other planes of motion. The frontal plane, the side-to-side stuff is a little bit easier. I'm talking things like lateral squats, uh, lateral lunges. You could do different types of lateral rows. Um, There's a lot of different ways, especially with the lower body, that you can move side-to-side. And then eventually, you can start to add more rotational movements to the mix as well generally trying to drive rotation from your hips. These tend to be a little more complex, so if you're unsure, it might be best to consult a coach. But including this stuff, it's just going to make you more resilient in and out of the gym, and it's going to counteract all the sitting and the time you spend locked in one position playing your instrument. So it's really important to expose your body to this stuff so that you don't lose the capacity to move in different ways. The final thing that I think musicians should include in their workouts is some type of a mobility routine. So essentially, we want to move our joints as much as we can, as many ways as we can, in as full of a range of motion as we can. This is related to the previous point, but basically, if you never lift your arms overhead because you're always holding an instrument in front of you and you're living in the modern world, which doesn't really require a lot of overhead movements, your shoulder mobility is going to gradually become more and more limited. And that can lead to a host of different problems and limitations for you in and out of the gym. So we want to basically think of this as like doing maintenance on a car. I don't love this analogy because I don't like comparing people to cars, but I do think that it can be helpful to think of like the basic maintenance that you need to do on your car in order to keep it running or a bike if you're a cyclist. You know, at a certain point, if you don't take your car in the shop, you don't give it an oil change, you don't rotate the tires, you don't replace certain things at certain times, the car is going to work worse and worse and eventually stop working altogether. And in some ways, your body is similar. We want to just get these joints moving. We want to do some of this basic maintenance on ourselves so we can reduce our risk of overuse injuries, of getting hurt in the gym, and give ourselves more options so that we can do different things. We can try new stuff and we don't feel so limited or so stiff and achy all the time. So a mobility routine can be really customized to you based on what you need and what feels stiff or any issues that are problems for you. But Generally speaking, we want to hit all of our major joints. We want to hit our ankles. We want to hit our hips. We definitely want to get our spine moving. Lower back is going to be different than upper back, which has a lot more mobility potential. Shoulders are a huge one for any musician. Also wrists, especially uh, certain types of musicians like string players, pianists, etc. And then our head and neck as well is often a big one for musicians. A lot of musicians, sh- music- musicians, excuse me suffer from neck issues or from like migraines and tension and jaw issues and things that are related to issues at the neck. So you don't necessarily need to do all this stuff every day, but over the course of a week, you should be doing some drills or stretches or soft tissue release that help all those different joints. So to summarize, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you are already convinced that you should be doing some type of strength training. Um, I really don't think there's any substitute for musicians. It will dramatically improve your quality of life. It can give you a longer and happier career, and it can help you feel a lot better and have more endurance as you're playing your instrument. Some specific things that I think a lot of musicians neglect and they shouldn't would be training their legs. Remember that your whole body is connected and your legs are a crucial base of support for all the other movement that you do. So not training your legs is a huge, huge mistake, even if you don't actively use them for making music. The second thing would be training your upper back. Just about every musician either holds an instrument in front of their chest or spends a lot of time 
kind of slouching forward over a computer or a keyboard or some other instrument. And if our upper back muscles are weak, it will affect our posture and it can lead to discomfort in the shoulders and other upper body joints. So we want to make sure we target those muscles in our workouts in order to keep them strong. The third thing is core training. And for musicians, I'm specifically talking more about anti-movement core training, which is where you're using your core muscles to resist movement as opposed to initiating movement like through crunches or side bends. You can do that stuff if you want, but if you want the type of core training that's going to give you more endurance to play your instrument and potentially reduce low back pain and other issues like that, you want a strong and stable core that resists movement. The fourth thing is that we don't just want to sit at the gym, like you sit a lot to play your instrument or to make music. And so we want to use the gym to expose our bodies to different positions. So less sitting, actually avoid sitting altogether if you can. Use standing or lying positions and even better, include tall kneeling and half kneeling positions where it makes sense. You also want to hit different planes of motion. So when you're just starting out, it's fine to just move forward and backwards and up and down. But as you get stronger and more experienced, you want to include more side to side movements and eventually rotational movements as well. The final thing that musicians should include in their workouts, and this can be as a warm up or a cool down or sprinkled throughout your lifting session, is some type of mobility work. We want our joints to be happy and healthy. Joints like to move. They don't like to be locked in one position, holding our instrument and sitting all day. If you never do any mobility work, you are setting yourself up to be more and more limited as you get older. And we really want to avoid that so we can live our best lives and perform for a long time and feel good. So I hope this was helpful. As always, if you have questions about the episode or if you want to request a topic for a future episode, you can hit me up on Instagram. My handle is just my name at Caroline Juster. I always respond to DMs and I love hearing from you. Also, if you are a musician or an artist or another creative person and you're listening to the show and you're nodding your head, but you're thinking like, I just don't have the time to think about all this stuff. I don't know how to put together a routine. I feel a little overwhelmed, even though I know I want to be strength training more. That's exactly the kind of work I do with clients. I have 10 years training experience, so I can put together a program that's really catered to you and you don't have to stress about it. I work with people to make training work within the context of their lives. So we figure out what can you actually do? What are some of the obstacles that you face? You know, for example, maybe you're always running all over town to different studio sessions or rehearsals and it's hard for you to hit the gym consistently. We work through all of that and I help you integrate strength training into your life consistently so that you can see all these amazing benefits to you as a musician and also as a human being. So if you're interested in working with me, I do have some online client availability. You can visit my website, which is carolinejusterfitness.com. And there's a button that says online training. So if you click on it, there'll be a little simple Google form and you can fill it out. And then I'll reach out to you about moving forward. Or you can also just DM me on Instagram, tell me you're interested or you have questions and we can move forward from there. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,